0: Hello, Badger fans, and welcome to another edition of Bucky's Fifth Podcast. As always, Tyler Hunt and Matt Ballast here covering everything Wisconsin athletics. On today's show, we've got uh, some basketball and some football to talk about. Of course, Wisconsin basketball opened their season up Tuesday night, picked up a nice victory, saw some good things from them. So, we'll recap that action and then, of course, get into uh, our regular game preview for this upcoming matchup with Northwestern. We'll talk our usual offense defense matchups. And then, uh, in the back portion of the show, we're joined by um, Daniel Olinger of Inside NU. He's going to give us some insider perspective on Northwestern. So, Your usual football podcast along with a little basketball sprinkled on top as we get into November. We got both running, so we got a lot to get to on today's show. Matt, how are you today? I'm doing great. Yeah, this is that magical
1: time where there is always basketball or football on TV. Um, late late at night last night, getting back from the Badger game, and then and you had that Duke Kentucky game, um, as well as some some late night action. It's it's just uh it's a fun time. So I I know these next few podcasts as we kind of inch closer to the end of football season,
0: as basketball season's firing up, are gonna be a lot a lot of fun. How are you doing, man? I'm good. Yeah, it's it's crazy the amount of <laughs> the amount of sports on TV right now. You've got basketball, you've got NBA. The Bucks were on last night. You've got everything kind of running and going on and of course last week with baseball still kind of going it was just a crazy time in November and late October gets to be um, almost almost too much sports where you could really just sit there and watch uh, watch things for hours but uh, really there's no such thing uh, as too much and I'm excited to uh, have both basketball and football running. Uh, Before we get into the basketball conversation any news you want to hit on quickly before we uh, get started? Yeah, one thing, um, just on the recruiting front,
1: the Badgers do have an official visitor for football. This weekend, uh, they're going to be welcoming Aiden Vaughn, um, three-star kid according to 247, two-star kid according to rivals, 6'4", 220, 215, somewhere in that range. Uh, I think the Badgers are looking at him as a linebacker, um, but he projects to a couple different positions. Um, he we talked about him a few podcasts ago after he decommitted from Air Force and things have kind of um, gone kind of rapid here with Wisconsin and him. So we'll see if the Badgers can close this one out or if he ends up taking a few more official visits. I know Iowa, Minnesota, some other Big Ten teams, Florida State are, are involved with him as well. So um, but this is a this is a big visit considering the fact that Wisconsin's got a few extra scholarships that have opened up because of the, the portal. This is a kid that I think they they're uh, in on early
0: and he's kind of blown up here recently. Yeah, recruitment has certainly um, you know gone and gotten much higher for him and I think he's a player that's very much um, a priority on Wisconsin's board. So hopefully uh, this weekend's visit they can come out and uh, impress and, and keep themselves in the running. You mentioned it uh, with with some of the numbers um, in terms of the transfer portal being open. I think you know, all of a sudden you can see. Um, where Wisconsin's really hoping to hone in on and he's a player they'd love to uh, hit on for sure because he's he's very talented and his his recruitment has really picked up um, over the last course of the season since that decommitment from Air Force. All right, why don't we go ahead and hop into some basketball now. Wisconsin, of course, opened their season Tuesday evening, uh, picked up a nice victory over St. Francis, Francis, Brooklyn. um, Really a I think a lot of things that we finally got to see with this team of course they had the exhibition you, you you saw glimpses of that but you know and this is still not quite the level of talent they'll be facing you know in the Big Ten conference but it was nice to see this team get their legs under them some guys really stood out So what was kind of your uh, what stood out what was your main takeaway from the Badgers in their season opening win? I think there was a lot of positives to kind of draw upon
1: from this. I was really impressed by Wisconsin's backcourt and what they were able to do. You saw all of their young guards kind of on display, as well as Brad Davison, who was also involved um, in the game. And, and really, you look at the plus minus of this group, um, that backcourt, you got Johnny Davis. At plus 23, you got Chucky Hepburn, plus 19, Brad Davison, plus 21. Those are your three starters, and all of them looked really good. Lauren Bowman, another kid off the bench, I thought he shot the ball well from three, um, made three of his four attempts. One of them was a bank. But I I just think that group um, really kind of showed out and played well. And I I like to see that Wisconsin um, had a little bit more tempo to them. I know that that was something that Jonathan Davis – brought up in postgame was the athleticism that Chucky Hepburn brings, you know, obviously making the first um, start for a freshman in a, in a while since Devin Harris here. Um, so, I mean, he lived up to expectations through one game, but just his ability to push tempo, they were flying the outlet passes out. I thought that was something I really liked to see, um, that Gregard saw that he could take advantage of, hey, I've got four starters who can push the ball up the court. Let's utilize that. Um, and, and use that to our advantage. So I thought that was something that really jumped out to me in terms of this Badger game. Lots to work on, but still, those were some positives that I saw.
0: Yeah, I, I like that you mentioned uh, the the tempo aspect of it, because that was one thing that stood out to me. I mean, traditionally, Wisconsin, you know, a, a half-court type team, kind of get into their sets, but I think – Part of that, you know, with this young and new roster, maybe, you know, young teams maybe are going to go through some growing pains to just get out and run and maybe not think too much um, is, is something that could be a positive for them moving forward. So that was nice to see. Now part of it could be that they're taking out a team that, you know, isn't quite as talented as them and maybe it's just their athleticism to get out and run was advantageous to them. But it would be nice to see. I think that's something to watch as you move forward with this team is, do they get out and run? Now, I'm not going to sit here and say that this is going to be a team that is going to try and get into, uh, you know, some sort of track meet up and down the court. But it was nice to see that they could go to that, that up tempo and getting the ball out in transition and transitioning, going and trying to, to, to score and get a quick basket because traditionally with Wisconsin teams, aren't necessarily known for that, and I don't think it'll be a thing that this team is necessarily known for, but it's nice to see that they had that option. So I think in terms of standouts, um, that was the big thing for me as well. And and then, of course, like you mentioned, the young guys all really looked pretty good, the, the guards, the backcourt. It was just a, a nice a nice season opener for them. I think you can start to see, you know, we've talked about it a lot in this offseason um, leading up to the opener of the excitement for this team. You, you finally got to see your first look at, you know, Chucky Hepburn's, Lauren Bowman's, and both of them, you know, played really well and, and were impressive in this contest. So in terms of players that impressed you, were those the two that, that kind of stood out in your eyes in terms of guys, um, you know, that, that had a significant showing in this game? Yeah, I thought Stephen Crowell once again looked good, um, uh, similar to what
1: he did against UW-Whitewater. I mean, obviously this is – got to take everything with a grain of salt given the the level of competition from this game. Uh, but at the same time, there were positives from this. You look at Crowell. He's a guy who can can do a little bit of everything inside out. He's not going to probably take you off the dribble, but the fact that he had eight rebounds and, and held his own in there was, I think, good against a much shorter team. Um Couple other things that kind of I noticed. Um, I, I think Jacoby Neath is is going to be kind of an adventure this year, just based off of uh, he's going 100 miles an hour, which I think can be a great thing, but he also can sometimes get out of control a little bit. So I think kind of him kind of finding where he fits on this team and and getting used to Wisconsin style of play, I think will be. Interesting to watch. Uh, Johnny Davis, I thought he looked more aggressive in this game, hunting his shot 15 attempts. I think that's something that they're going to need from him. I think you would have liked him to be a little more um, conservative on his three-point shots, shooting six of them. That's not quite his game. Hit back-to-back, but um, I, I thought he filled up the stat sheet about like you thought he might. But really, I think it was Hepburn um, who was the guy who that kind of stood out the most. He just, like I said, he's got a smoothness to his game, um, and he's he's not going to um, wow you in some ways. But at the same time, you you look up and he's making plays every single time. Um, And I I just think he brings something to the point guard position that um, Dimitri Trice didn't have. And Dimitri Trice, obviously a good player and did a lot of amazing things for the Badgers. But I just think he he brings something that uh, Wisconsin maybe hasn't had for a while. Um, so I, I think that's going to be a fun group. I don't I don't want uh, to to make it seem like this team is going to be world beaters or anything. But I do think that this is going to be a team that is more fun to watch um, in, in a lot of ways, just because they have some raw materials that are going to take a while to. To come together, but they're but they're a fun group to watch because there is the potential um, for them to improve as the year goes on.
0: Yeah, I, I think that's the, the main takeaway from this team early in the season, and really what's going to be the thing all season long is it's going to be new faces, um, new guys in there and, and hungry to prove themselves, and you're going to have some moments of, of a lot of fun with the team. There's going to be the growing pains that we've talked about. I mean, it's still a young and new group and guys all trying to mesh with each other with essentially a completely revamped roster. But I think you'll see this team play hard. I think you saw that um, yesterday. And I think you'll see that as this group moves forward because there's so many minutes and and guys looking to get on the court and prove themselves. And we saw last night the bench so far, I mean, and I'm sure that'll tighten up throughout the season as they get going. But so far, Greg Gard is willing to go deep with that rotation. So there's going to be guys out there and, and playing some minutes. So, uh, it's it's a different time for Wisconsin basketball, but it's it's certainly exciting as you move forward here. Yeah, kind of adding on to that, a
1: couple news items kind of right before the game. Um, Matthew Moore's, Chris Hodges both um, opting to redshirt. I don't think that that was a surprise to anybody. I know we had both mentioned that that was probably going to be the way things were trending going into the game. But um, it was nice to see Marcus Ilver get in there. Um, and he, I don't think he's going to be playing major minutes, but I think like a guy like Hepburn, I think he's a kid who could really blossom as the season goes on and maybe um, snag some of the minutes away from a guy like Carter Gilmore, who, who played a decent amount as well. So lots to like from the game, but it's hard to make too much of it just because this was St. Francis, Brooklyn. This isn't going to be a team that's going to be in the NCAA tournament or anything like that. Um but but still I, I thought the rotation made a ton of sense and I thought that Greg Guard did a good job of constructing a plan for this team. The fact that they got out and pushed tempo is fits a guy like Brad Davison, who's who's a, a three point shooter. It fits a guy like um Johnny Davis who wants to get in transition, is it more of a slasher. Um same with Jacoby Neath and it also fits a guy like Chucky e. Hepburn who can kind of um orchestrate things and, and make plays in transition as well. So I think that understanding um and kind of the way they want to play basketball this year makes sense given their personnel.
0: Of course, the next uh, upcoming game for Wisconsin men's basketball will be Friday evening against UW-Green Bay. What are you going to be looking for in terms of maybe, you know, last game to this game as they take on the Phoenix on Friday night? I want to see if Tyler Walken can can play a little bit better.
1: He was was a guy who struggled a little bit. He had a couple early fouls um, and and didn't kind of – uh, bring together his best effort in this past game. I think he's going to be a big leader for this team and an energy guy. So how he plays in this next game is going to be something that I'm going to watch. Um, and, and then the other one was, was neat, kind of. Um, how does he continue to find his footing in this team, and and what does his shot looks like? Because we saw him get to the basket and and try to push into there, but I want to see kind of what his shot looks like and if he can kind of get that going as well. Because he did shoot well as a freshman, um, but but it, that didn't show up last year when he was at Wake Forest.
0: Yeah, I think both of those points will be certainly things to watch for. You know, once again, how the rotation. Um, shines, you know, how some of these young guys shine will certainly be, you know, these first few games um, will be a continuing storyline. But overall, once again, it should be fun to watch this team. And Friday night um, will be cool as uh, the Badgers are planning on doing some honoring of, of course, Bo Ryan, who is a pretty good coach at Wisconsin. Of course, uh, his son, familiar with UW-Green Bay. So it should be a cool atmosphere for that Friday evening. All right, I think that wraps up our basketball discussion, so we'll go ahead and get into our Northwestern preview. Before we do that, guys, we've got to talk to you about homefieldapparel.com. The holidays are coming up. If you've got someone on your holiday list that is a college sports fan or just a fan of super comfy clothes, make sure to check out uh, homefieldapparel.com they've now dropped stickers they just dropped a new school in southern illinois so this isn't a place that is just dropping you know the big power five schools they are digging through the logos i must say this southern illinois drop is is pretty pretty cool um they've got some really uh, retro logos there so you're you're not you're not just getting your basic um tees you're getting uh, really cool stuff so make sure to go and check them out They've also got gift cards. If you're looking for um, someone but don't know quite which one they like, gift cards are always a good option this holiday season. So that's, once again, homefieldapparel.com. Make sure to go over there and give those guys a look. All right, we can go ahead and hop into Northwestern now. Uh, the Badgers taking on the Wildcats. Of course, last year uh, fell to Northwestern 17-7, to but this Northwestern team, A much different group than what we saw from them a year ago. And, uh, of course, the Badgers playing and kind of clicking on all cylinders. So it's still Northwestern. You still maybe have a a twinge bit of nervousness when you see them on the schedule. But this seems like a game uh, that Wisconsin, at least matchup-wise, should be able to really come out and take advantage of. But overall, what are your kind of just expectations for this Northwestern contest with Wisconsin? Yeah, I mean, you look at the way that these two teams match up
1: statistically, um, and, and this really plays into the Badgers hands. Um, Northwestern has struggled in, um, their ability to pass the ball. They've really relied on their run game, which has been, you know, decent at best, right? They rank 77th in the country, um, in that category, which is their best offensive category. Um, and, and their run game against the, or their uh, run defense is is near the bottom of the barrel of the entire country. They're number 125 at that. So you're looking at something that Wisconsin's really good at stopping the run and really good at running the ball, two things that you look on the flip side, Northwestern's terrible at. So I think that that favors Wisconsin a lot. I would imagine Northwestern's going to still try to uh, go ahead and stack the box and and maybe we will throw a little bit more in this game. I know they – They threw it a lot more against Iowa here last week to, you know, not much success. So I think Wisconsin's in a good spot for this game, better than we've seen these past few years. But these are two teams that traditionally have played really close back since you go back to 2017. Each of those games have have been within two scores. So I, I think this is still one of those games where you are on high alert. But I think the fact that you're at home, and that Northwestern has really struggled in Big Ten play and against the things that you do best, you have a little bit of confidence going into this game if you're a Badgers fan.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I'm glad that you mentioned it because you look on the surface, numbers wise, this the, the matchups play into Wisconsin hands, you know, so well here. Um this, this Northwestern run defense, like you mentioned, getting gashed, 125th, You know that's that's worse than the Yukons of the world in terms of rush defense. So it has not been pretty there. You know, you know, a few weeks ago, Nebraska ran all over them. The only team that hasn't run all over them um, was Rutgers a few weeks ago, and we saw what Wisconsin just did to a team like that. So on the surface, and you look at just the numbers, this is a team that I, I think Wisconsin should you know, come in and, and really be able to roll. But I think everyone has that that cautiousness around any time a Northwestern team plays. Because as you mentioned, average, I believe, in the in the meetings between Chris and Fitzgerald, and they've both been the head coach, the average margin of victory between the two teams is only like nine points. So even when Northwestern has been, you know, they, they kind of have it every other year now where it's like a really experienced group that contends for the Big Ten West, and then they lose a lot of those guys and an immediate drop-off. But even in those drop-off years, Northwestern has certainly hung around, with the Badgers in some of these games the last time in Camp Randall just kind of a, you know, mucked it up and, and made it a gross game and hung around Wisconsin got the victory, but it was a pretty gross football game. And I think Northwestern, if they want to win this game, is it might look to do and, and try and do the same, get a lead, try and hold up defensively. But I just, I don't know if they can, which, which transitions us into the offense. We look at this Northwestern run defense, very poor. So, really the way Wisconsin's been winning these last five weeks is is running the football and and just pounding the rock, running the damn ball, as we like to say at B5Q. So do you expect anything uh, different from the Badgers on the offensive side of the ball, or is it just going right at this weakness and trying to exploit it for all it's worth? Yeah, assuming Braylon Allen is healthy, I think you, you run the ball and
1: you run the ball a little bit more on this team and force them to, to stop you. Um, Chris Bergen, their middle linebacker is a, leads the Big Ten in tackles. Like he is, he is a really good playmaker. Um, he's a little undersized, but he, he's been on their team for seemingly forever, but. I just don't think that they have enough to to stop Wisconsin's run game. I think if Wisconsin has to pass, they'll be able to a little bit. Um, but I, I think Wisconsin really just needs to, in a game like this, not turn the ball over, which, which they've done a much better job of. I know Graham Mertz, you look at the last four games, he has one interception, which came last week. He's done a better job of holding on to the football, um, as well. So hopefully that, that trend continues. They're able to run the ball and, and really just kind of, take all of the air out of Northwestern's hopes early. I think that's what it's about, is is going ahead and and dominating from the jump. Uh, Northwestern's got some players. Um, You look on, in terms of their defense, Brandon Joseph, their their safety. He is an All-American. He is really talented. Led the uh, FBS last year in interceptions, so he is a ball hawk. Wisconsin likes to use in, um, you know, crossing routes, you know, slants. Digs. that's where kind of they did a lot of damage last week. So Graham Mertz is going to have to be careful with him when they're attempting to do those. But but really, I just think that Wisconsin's offense, don't try to get cute in this game. You've got a team who struggled against the run, and that's your bread and butter. Run it down their throats.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think you you hit the nail on the head. I mean, this is a team, you know, against Nebraska, 400 yards plus of, of rushing yards allowed for this Northwestern team. So Wisconsin should be able to feast. But again, I, I'm glad that you mentioned the Braylon Allen health aspect of it. I'm, I'm thinking you're probably not going to see Chesma Malusi in this game based on the injury, and hopefully Braylon Allen is close to 100% where he can go. But even if not, you know whoever's in there, if it's Julius Davis, um, you know if it's Brady Shipper, if it's you know Rover, any of the guys out there should be able to run through this defense, um, and, and hopefully they can take advantage of this defense that has really struggled um, so far this season. I'm glad that you mentioned uh, the, the Graham Mertz aspect. I've been playing a little bit better. I think that is the only thing, you know, Pat Fitzgerald can get these guys, you know, if they can get them in the right mindset, they can rah rah them and say, "Hey, we're the underdog." He's done well traditionally in that underdog role. So coming out early, trying to make sure it's a, a clean game and, and taking advantage of the, the weaknesses of Northwestern will certainly be uh, important here because you don't want to let a team that, in terms of talent and, and statistically, is inferior to you hang around because we know Northwestern, when they do hang around, they get that confidence. And uh, I'd rather I'd rather not even uh, chance it in a contest like this. Absolutely. And and I think one thing that's really going to be helpful for this Wisconsin offense is, is
1: just the fact that Mike Hankowitz is no longer on that sideline for Northwestern, um, their longtime defensive coordinator, who used to be Wisconsin's defensive coordinator back in the day as well. Um, he retired after last year. And, uh, that scheme really kind of lend itself towards stopping the Badgers. So hopefully Wisconsin is, is able to kind of shake out of the rut that so they can sometimes get in against a team like Northwestern. But I just think that Wisconsin has more talent on their offense than Northwestern has on their
0: defense and that, that, uh, that ability to run the ball against this team is going to be critical. Switching gears now to the Wisconsin defense, you mentioned it at the top, Northwestern, the the minimal amount of success that they've had offensively has came um, in the running department, 77th in the nation in terms of rushing offense. So really not good, but a lot better than the 103rd in terms of their passing offense. Quarterback play has been a big struggle for them. The positives offensively have really kind of been running back Evan Hall. He's kind of the, the maybe the next big player that uh, could be something for Northwestern, uh, maybe a little bit of a pest for Badger fans moving forward. But defensively, I don't really know if it's going to matter what Northwestern or what any team does. Well, I think Wisconsin, especially when their strength is the running game is going to show the ability to shut that down. So, Do you expect to just come out and and flex your muscles defensively uh, against Northwestern, or how do you think the Wisconsin defense is going to try and continue to hold down opponents the way they have um, these last couple weeks with just that suffocating effort?
1: Yeah, I I think you're, you're going to see the Badgers kind of let loose and get after um, Andrew Marty. I think Andrew Marty is going to start the game. We've seen three different or four different quarterbacks this year, three of which have started games in Ryan Holinsky Andrew Marty and Hunter Johnson. Johnson starting off the year, then transitioning to Kalinsky, both four-star kids who just haven't panned out for one way from one reason or another. And then Marty, who who's just kind of getting this as a senior now, getting a shot as well. He threw it all over. Um, he threw 44 attempts against Iowa, which is pretty uncharacteristic for Northwestern, and and threw it you know fairly good in terms of yardage for 270 yards. But you look at it: three interceptions, um, not the greatest completion percentage, and um, and he was just trying to run for his life. I think Wisconsin's going to try to um, blitz, blitz often, shoot gaps, try to hold down this rushing attack, and say, okay, we're going to see if if this quarterback who who's only played in four games this year and three of, where he's actually played actual minutes beyond one snap or two, like he did against Michigan State, beat us because I just don't think that Wisconsin want the running game of Evan Hall to get going. So they're going to go ahead and say, beat us with the
0: pass. You haven't been able to
1: beat anybody with the pass all year long. And I think that's a recipe that they should go with.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you, you see that this is the strength for them. I, I think Wisconsin will look to just shut that down and then just let the, let the linebackers just go, you know, like, like bats out of hell and just confuse it. And if, if it goes the way it has gone for the last few weeks, I think that's a really tough uh, assignment for this Northwestern quarterback, whichever one's out there. None of them have really flashed. I uh, you know Marty has a little bit more, uh, you know, in terms of scramble. Um, he's got a little bit more they can do with his feet, but Wisconsin's done a really good job of, of containing that and and just making things confusing. So I think <laughs> right now, you know, in the in the keys to victory post that I wrote up, it's kind of we, we've seen a formula that works for the last five weeks, which is run the ball really well offensively shut down the run defensively, and then just let the linebackers go to work. I don't think you'll really see anything change here in this contest. It's just a matter of can Northwestern um, handle and exploit some of those things and and try to to, make something happen. I don't really know if they can. I mean, this Wisconsin defense is just suffocating and – you know, if you've only got really one okay dimension offensively in Evan Hall, Wisconsin's going to know that they're going to shut that down. And if Northwestern can, um, you know, hit some plays and beat them through the pass, kudos to them. But um, at least looking at it right now from a numbers perspective, I don't see it happening. I think this Wisconsin defense will once again be be ready and, and hungry to just have another field day. Absolutely. And and I think one of the things that really also goes to Wisconsin's advantage is if
1: you look at their two wide receivers. Um I mean I feel bad because Bryce Kirk was off to a good year um before he got hurt and, and was done for the year for uh their wide receiving core. But you look at the, the two receivers that are still remaining, Stephon Robinson and Malik Washington, they're both smaller receivers, both around five nine, five ten, um, which I, I think is an advantage to Wisconsin. Wisconsin has been beaten when it's been bigger wide receivers that you're able to kind of win one-on-one balls and trust think back I think back to that Michigan game where there was a couple 50-50 balls um, that just went their way um, so I think Wisconsin's in a good spot for this game defensively. There's not a lot that you worry about when you look at Northwestern's offense when you compare it to some of the other offenses that you've done well against. There isn't the, the guy that you circle and say, okay, that's the guy that you really have to worry about. But I think that that doesn't mean you can let your guard
0: down, and I just don't think that this defense will do that under Jim Munner. All right, based on that, we talked a little offense, talked a little defense. So what is maybe the, the one area or matchup that you'll be watching for in this contest? I, I think for me it's it's
1: I want to continue to see, does Graham Mertz take another step or does he kind of continue a forward progression that is um, positive? I, I think that's the big thing for me. I think this the defense you trust, you know exactly what this defense is. They're elite. They're really good. Um, but But Graham Mertz, we've seen – um, pockets and highlights of him playing better. Last game, a lot more of it. Can he continue that and, and kind of build on it, I think is really the matchup I'm going to want to see because you've got maybe the best safety in the Big Ten on the other side of the ball who's going to try to make plays. In and, and Wisconsin, we've seen that when he has made inter- thrown interceptions, some of the times it's when he's locking on to a guy like, like Jake Ferguson who will probably be matched one-on-one with um, – brandon joseph from time to time because they trust him to a high level so making it so that graham mertz get him comfortable early with some some easy throws some of those plans some of those um, easy tosses and play action that wisconsin's baked in so far but then also make sure to to maybe take a shot see if you can do that because i think that wisconsin um to really see this offense continue to evolve you want to add that element in there we saw Danny Davis take make a you know a quick out and take that to the house but can they take the top off as well as I think something fun to see and this would be a game that if they're really you know going towards the line trying to stop the run and selling out towards it you have opportunities to do that in play auction
0: and I think that that would be fun to see from this Wisconsin team yeah, I think that's going to be really important to watch for. I mean, each of the weeks in this in this five-game win streak, we've seen a little bit more from Graham Mertz. Can he continue to do that um, here? And how much do – I think it's going to be interesting because I think you'll look at this game and you'll say, okay, we can definitely run the ball. They'll probably run the ball uh, at will and and maybe even more so. But how many throws do you go with Graham Mertz to, to try and keep that confidence gained? Do you just say, hey, we can win this game – Running the ball and only throw it eight times, or do you allow him to try and build that confidence and keep moving forward? Because I think they're in a situation now, like we talked about last episode, where they they need to start building that pass game up. You know, when you're getting into these games in late November, you're going to be playing for possibly a Big Ten West title. If you, you know, get to that, in, that point in Indianapolis, you're going to need to have some sort of passing game. So building that confidence. Um, and continuing to um, build that week in and week out is, is certainly going to be important. Uh, and when you look at um, this game, you know you could probably win it just by keeping it on the ground. But how beneficial does that? Um, you know, how beneficial is that to you as you move forward throughout this season is going to be an interesting storyline to watch. Because I think this game will be able to, you, know, you come out early, keep it on the ground and build a lead, but you also want to to build that confidence for merch as you move forward here. So I think that's a great thing to certainly keep an eye on in this contest. Yeah, because I just don't think that there's a lot that you are looking at matchup-wise for this defense that you need to focus on. Uh, they, they kind of just take care of things on their own. Absolutely. yeah, It's been a, that type of year for this Northwestern unit, and, and certainly um, not what we're used to seeing from a wildcat defense that traditionally has been pretty strong, but we've mentioned it a little bit already. Mike Hank was the defense coordinator gone, and, and certainly a lot of roster turnover has made it uh, a tough year for Northwestern on that side of the ball. All right, with that, um, we've talked about the offense-defense key matchup. Who are the players that you think, come Sunday, we'll be having a a strong discussion about?
1: I'm going to go with the reserve running backs. I think this is the game that um, I know we're going to talk about our score predictions here next, but I think Wisconsin will be able to separate themselves from Northwestern based off of their ability to run the ball, which means Later in the third quarter, mid-third quarter, you might not see Braylon Allen a whole lot, and that opens up opportunities for other running backs. With Chez Malusi banged up, I don't think he's going to go this week. Hopefully, though, um, he'll be back for Nebraska. But I think that opens up chances for, you mentioned Brady Shipper, you mentioned mentioned Julius Davis, um, you've got Grover Bordelotti, um, and then you also got Jackson Acker. I think one of those will um, kind of emerge and hopefully have a good game. It might be a slew of them similar to what we saw last week where it's like, oh, there was three guys who each got 30 some care or 30 plus yards. Um, and, but I just think it would be fun to see Julius Davis, Jackson Acker, your two um, scholarship kids who who got a, a few carries last week. Can they make some more games in this game and kind of show show fans if I can get the marbles out of my mouth? Um, what they can do because I think they are talented players that just need a shot. Um, And and I think this is a game with Malusi
0: banged up that they can have that um, as a secondary option. Yeah, I love that pick a lot. That's what I was thinking as well. I I mean, when you look at, you know, the possibility of of Malusi likely not going if Braylon Allen is anywhere. And if if this game gets, I, I think you'll see him early, but all of a sudden if this game gets in hand and you can maybe just have a breakout game from a guy like Julius Davis, or Shipper or Jackson Aker, any of those guys, um, I think, like we said at the top, whoever's in there should be able to find holes and and pick up some games. I could see this being a game where, you know, come Sunday, we're really talking about a guy like Julius Davis that that had a nice game. He's got he's been a guy that, you know, this past week, Paul Chris kind of talked about in his presser, worked really hard, done whatever's been asked of him, and hasn't, you know, despite – high expectations early in his career, not getting out on the field as much as he wanted to. He's kind of waited his turn, done whatever he has uh, for the team. So I think he'll see um, a good amount of carries in a a contest like this when you're likely down at least one running back, and and who knows where Breland Allen is at in terms of his health. So I personally, I think that's a guy we could be talking about, and I hope so because when you hear stories like that of guys that have worked and, and wanted to be there and put in effort, all season long, despite not seeing time uh, on the field, it's nice to see them get their shot, and hopefully they can make the most of it. So I think Julius Davis is a guy that I'm certainly circling and, and expecting to see a good game from, but also really hoping for it because he seems like a guy that has worked hard at it and is certainly deserving of it. For sure. Um, I, I love the element that this running back
1: room is really dominated by in-state talent. I think that's really fun and really cool for the state.
0: Um, so hopefully that group can show out. Um, come Saturday. All right, let's go ahead and get into the score predictions for this one. Um, I don't know about you. I'm interested to see where you're going to go because I, I think for me, um, I'm, I'm, I'm. It's scary to predict maybe a blowout, but it just seems like numbers-wise and matchups-wise, it should be like that. Hopefully, it is. But uh, what do you like for a score prediction on Saturday?
1: Yeah, I, I think Wisconsin will will be able to be in firm control of this game. Um, you know, I know there's game control is a, is a pretty trendy stat right now across college football. I think Wisconsin will, will have this game, as long as they don't mess around and, and turn over the ball a ton, which we've seen happen frequently this year, Um, less frequently here lately. I, I think Wisconsin will, will be able to take care of business and, and maybe get a win like uh, I'll go 31-3 to three or something like that. Um, maybe, maybe a little less than that from points scheme for the Badgers, but I just think Wisconsin will be able to take care of business in this game and, and get some, some more reserves out there and, and further chance
0: to see some young talent gain experience. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you. I'm in the the same kind of boat. I was thinking like a, a 35-7, 35-3. I don't think it'll quite be as wide of a margin as you saw against Rutgers. I mean, uh, that was a But, you know, at the same time, Northwestern has been a little bit susceptible to turnovers and Wisconsin's defense is flying around like that where maybe it's busted wide open. But I think... The other thing that you've got to keep in mind, I think Pat Fitzgerald and Paul Chris have a very uh, mutual respect for one another. So I don't think Wisconsin will be out there trying to you know, push the score, or run it up. Despite, I think it'd be nice to see them take some frustrations out on Northwestern based on you know, the last few years, them kind of having their number, but I don't think you'll see Wisconsin, you know, pushing and running up the score too much. But I do think like a 35, seven, a game that's well in hand and, uh, and really runs away. You know, the badgers run away with it is certainly a possibility and you just hope that it doesn't get to be one of those ugly games like we've seen with with, with Wisconsin and Northwestern um, in previous years. So I'm hoping to see another blowout. I'd love to see the reserves in there, and you know, you know, fourth quarter once again. I think that would be a welcome sight. But until we see it, like I said earlier, until the clock kind of strikes zero, you always have a little bit of, of nervousness with Northwestern anytime that voodoo magic comes into play. All right, guys, why don't we go ahead now and get into our Big Ten picks. We finished up um, our game preview, so let's start with an interesting one in the Big Ten West. Minnesota-Iowa, really a important game for the Big Ten West standings moving forward. Who do you like in that spot?
1: I don't have a good feel for this game. I think it could go either way. Um, I, I just really think it'll depend on which quarterback can play better, just because I think that um, Iowa, they, they made the switch to Padilla last week. They're at home, so I'm going to probably go with Iowa just because I think their defense is better than what Minnesota presents. But, but at the same time, I wouldn't be surprised if the Gophers are able to, to steal an ugly game as well. I just don't think that this is going to be a fun game to watch. I think it's going to be um, you know, kind of ugly. But, but if I had to pick one, I'm going to probably
0: go with the Hawkeyes. Yeah, this game. I don't know. It's gonna be a a really ugly one. Uh, I, I I'm kind of in the same boat. As you. I don't have a great feel for it. Um. I, I would lean Iowa, but I wouldn't be surprised either way. I mean, just the way minute the way this Minnesota offense is clicking or not clicking um, um, right now is it's just kind of a cause for concern where it's hard to um, feel comfortable with taking them in a pick. So I'll probably lean with Iowa, but. Whoever wins this, it feels like two evenly matched type of games. I could see it uh, really going either way. All right, up next, an interesting one in the Big Ten, East Michigan and Penn State. Of course, Michigan riding high with their college football rankings. Penn State, um, of course, kind of in a disappointing spot with the way the season has gone um, of late for them. Who do you like in this one?
1: I'm going to go with Michigan. I know this game is at Penn State, but the fact that it's a – a noon game, um, and the the way that Michigan or that Penn State has kind of become one-dimensional this year and had to ride on uh, Sean Clifford all season long, and he's still pretty banged up. I, I'm just going to go with uh, the Wolverines, who I think are uh, have an offense that's a little bit more balanced and um, I trust a little bit more.
0: Yeah, this one's kind of similar. Like, I don't feel like I have a, a great – feel of it either way if I think if if Sean Clifford was healthy he could maybe make enough plays but you just don't know where he's at um in terms of his health and and like you mentioned Penn State just just became so one-dimensional there's so many rumors around James Franklin I I don't think this team is checked out but I don't necessarily know um where they're at so I would lean Michigan I wouldn't be surprised if Penn State um, pulled off the upset if they come out and really clicking but we just haven't seen them really um you know playing their best football of late so The Wolverines, uh, of course, got some big games in front of them, um, and this one's a a big step towards getting to the goals that they want to go to. So I think they'll find a way to take care of business uh, in this contest. All right, this next one. Ah, man, Indiana-Rutgers, just a disgusting game in the uh, Big Ten East. I can't imagine. I don't know if you could pay me to watch this contest. Who do you like in that one? I'm going to go with Rutgers.
1: Um, I, I don't have a reason for it. Um, neither team gives you a, a ton of confidence right now based off the way they're playing. But I'm going to go with Rutgers. They're at home. Indiana, I think, came into the season with higher hopes and has less to play for, whereas Rutgers came in, is trying to build upon some momentum that they created last
0: year. I think that they just are the team that, that wants it more and going into it. Yeah, I have to agree with you. I think when you look at this time of year, You've got teams that are fighting for bowl positions. Rutgers coming in at five and four, still alive. You need this one versus Indiana, two and seven. Things have just not, you know, you thought maybe early in the season, maybe they were just down and it would get better. It just hasn't. I don't really know how invested a team like this is right now. And when you're playing against a team that needs this one and one other one, or need this one to to get to a bowl, I think this is a situation where Rutgers comes out and picks up a victory uh, as well. All right, up next we've got Maryland and Michigan State. Who do you like there? I think Maryland is in a tough
1: situation here because they're going to get an angry Michigan State team who I think is going
0: to absolutely crush them. I'm going with Michigan State here, and I think that they're going to blow them out, to be perfectly honest. Yeah, I kind of get that same feeling. I think if you would have saw Michigan State win last week, maybe it would be a different situation with kind of a trappy game with, with Ohio State on deck for them but uh, now all of a sudden you've got to win this one to even have a a shot next week so I uh, agree with you I think uh, Michigan State comes out at home takes care of business and rolls here all right the other big one 230 ABC Purdue the giant killers taking on top five Ohio State which is always a dangerous spot just coming off what they've seen this season do you think the Boilermakers can knock off their third top five team this season I'm not seeing it. Um,
1: I think the recipe, if you want to beat Ohio State, is you got to be able to control the clock and you got to be able to run the ball, um, something that Oregon was able to do and get chunk plays on the ground. Um, I, I just don't think Purdue can do that. I know that they want to throw the ball around, but the recipe is out there. It's it's David Bell, man. Like If you can stop him, you can stop Purdue. Um, Wisconsin did it. Very few have outside of the Badgers and Notre Dame this year, but but I think that Ohio State, I, I don't like how large that spread is. I think last time I saw it was like 20, 21. Um, but I, I, th- I think
0: the Boilermakers um, are not going to have enough to take down Ohio State this year. Yeah, I, I think the, um, you know, the message is out there that Purdue kind of plays up to these games. And I think Ohio State will, will certainly not take them lightly at home. I do think that Purdue could maybe hang around with it and, and keep it somewhat close, like you mentioned. You know, the spread at 20 and a half right now is certainly appetizing, but I still think Ohio State, you know, with the athletes as they have, um, will find a way to, to scheme it up and try and slow. Um, Purdue down. I could see this game being uh, a lot of points back and forth because this Ohio State defense has still had some weaknesses. And like you mentioned, David Bell is just uh, an incredible wideout that seems to get his against everybody other than Wisconsin. So I think Ohio State picks up the victory, but I, I could see a back and forth and uh, high scoring type of game for sure. All right, guys, that wraps up our portion of the podcast. Hope you enjoyed some basketball talk and this Northwestern preview. We, of course, also have a deep dive into Northwestern here up next. We'll get our ad reads out of the way, and then we'll go into an interview with Inside you where we get an even further look at what has plagued the Wildcats so far this season. So stick with us through a couple quick ad reads, and we'll be back with you shortly. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to stay for it? All right, Badger fans. We are now joined by Daniel Olinger of Inside and to get an insider's look at the Northwestern Wildcats. First off, Daniel, thank you very much for uh, joining us. How are you doing today?
2: I'm doing all right. A busy week uh, and not covering a great football team this year, so it could be better, but I'm doing all right.
0: <laughs> I appreciate the honesty. And then let's let's start there with this Northwestern team, of course, a team that. Um, it has had Wisconsin's number for the, for the past few years. Always a tight, close game. I know this year isn't really what Northwestern fans were maybe hoping for or expecting. But last year, of course, a very strong team. A lot of pieces gone from that group. What has just kind of been the overall feelings of the program this season? Because I know there's a lot of turnover, of course. We'll talk about it in a little bit. The defensive coordinator turnover. So a lot of moving pieces that make this Northwestern team a little bit different than last year's team.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's just been kind of a weird year because it's like now it's basically been four years of the exact same pattern where really good senior heavy team wins the West, does very well, then immediate fall back, not just down to like normal Pat Fitzgerald Northwestern status of six and six, seven and five team, but all the way down to like, I mean, they finished three and nine in 2019. Um, depending on how you think they're going to do against Illinois, I think they're going to either finish three and nine or four eight this season. So, it's just kind of—I mean—a lot of fans upset about that, but I think like the more and more you look at it, you probably should have expected it. In the sense that, again, this this team was just loaded with experience last year, just especially on defense. Every player who really mattered was back, and they were all very good. And then also kind of like it makes you appreciate just how good Peyton Ramsey was. Like that's all it was a Big Ten West team found a quarterback in Northwestern last year who like could. Can make five good drives a game. That's all they needed to dominate the rest of the West. That's real. That is all they needed, and they've fallen back down again. Where their defense again lost all those seniors, so their defense isn't nearly as good as it was last year, and their offense no longer has a quarterback who can make those five good drives a game.
0: Well, I like that you brought up the the quarterback position, because so that leads very nicely into my next question. Of course. Uh, Northwestern's, you know, trotted out four different guys. First, Ryan Holinsky gotten a, a lot of the snaps. Andrew Marty lately, Hunter Johnson, a familiar name that Badger fans know from his time at Northwestern. And then Carl Richardson, I expect, um, a guy that just maybe, uh, not, I, not I, I love
2: that you, I love that you threw in shirtless Carl Richardson. <laughs> in. I, I,
0: I don't know who that is, but I see him on the stat sheet here. I didn't recognize that name along with he, the other three, but two completions for four, are on four attempts. But who can know, Badger fans have, Indian- Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, he got in at the end
2: against Michigan. Um, well, after Andrew Marty's injury, Ryan Hornsky was starting, and uh, you know, this is like, not source at all, but just guessing from what was going on in the game, um, the fact that basically after the Hunter-Johnson game at Duke went so poorly, they don't want to play him again, and that's probably why Carl got the backup spots, and they were waiting for Marty to be healthy again, which, I mean, he obviously was this last week as he started. Uh, I, I still don't think he's 100%, but like, yeah so that's just like the again Carl Richardson is i mean if Carl Richardson starts any of these last three games, it'll be
0: something, <laughs> so so off of that, it sounds like this weekend with Badger fans should probably expect to see Andrew Marty and any other any of the other guys or who should the Badger fans kind of be prepared for to, to be under center on Saturday,
2: yeah, Andrew Marty's gonna start um again he's had some good moments again, Ryan Wolski had a horrible like showing against Minnesota, and Marty came out and played okay the rest of the game. Um, obviously, his his brief stint in the Duke game before pri- uh, right after Hunter Johnson's like downfall in the first half was his like five drives in the Duke game were incredible, and then he got hurt. And, but this past week against Iowa was definitely his worst performance of the season. Just a really rough game from him. I mean, honestly, the Iowa defense is going to do that to some quarterbacks. They're really good defense, but just. Was not a good game for him, but he's still going to start. He's by far their biggest running threat at quarterback. He he is a pretty talented runner. I'm like, you know, not like so much as game breaking or anything, but you know, just the simple thing of kind of getting an extra blocker in there. The threat the third the QB run just opening up things. It's really helpful to them. Um, I wouldn't say it's impossible. If he comes out there and throws three interceptions in the first half, I'd expect you to see Ryan Holinsky in the second half. Just because Holinsky's very limited. He has his own passing issues. He's not a great runner, but he does not make a ton of mistakes, especially just not a big interception guy. So if there's a lot of mistakes in the first half, you might see him. But I guess you see Andrew Marty most of the game.
0: And Speaking of that, going off of the offensive conversation, I know the offensive numbers are, are down compared to, uh, of course, like we talked about last year, a lot of turnover once again in these spots at receiver. Uh, running back, I you know, Evan Hall is kind of a bright spot. What has been the bright spot of this offensive group?
2: Well, you just mentioned, it, like Evan Hull, like and Evan Hull is, I mean, the joke for a while was just that if he got to play like you know really bad, really bad FBS teams and SDS teams all the time, he'd be the best running back ever because he broke onto the scene years ago as a fresh freshman against uh, UMass, where it was the UMass defense that gave up 84 touchdowns in 12 games, where he ran for like 230 yards. He had 200 something against Indiana State. He ran for a ton against Ohio. And he just had all these big performances, but he played really well the past few weeks and. This last week against Iowa, they couldn't get run run game going at all, but he had a huge game receiving. He's again, he's not like some game breaker in any sense, but he is he is definitely a Big Ten level running back who you have to account for, and he is shown very capable of. If you like, if you screw up a run fit of some sort, he will be. He can't doesn't have the speed to take it the distance, and has good vision to find those lanes. Um, obviously this Wisconsin team's very good at. Not- Not making those mistakes, but if they do, he is capable of doing that. And the other big right spot has been the receiver, Stephon Robinson Jr. He came back after being out for he got injured early in the Michigan game for lower body injury. Didn't play against Minnesota, was back against Iowa and made some big plays. He's just very, very good at beating guys off the line of scrimmage if they're close to him. Just really good at winning those one-on-one matchups and gives Northwestern just like their really only their only downfield threat in the passing game. So he's kind of been a big help for that. So I would say definitely. Those two skill position players and Stephon Robinson and Inman are the bright spots for the offense.
0: Switching gears now over to the defense side of the ball. You know, traditionally Northwestern very strong defensively, but this year just really had a rough year against the run. Why do you think that is? Is it a combination? I know Mike Hankwitz, the longtime defensive coordinator, out. Again, roster turnover. What is kind of the main um, reason for some of the struggles on the defense side of the ball?
2: So... Like first of all, credit I will credit them saying it definitely was it was like horrific at the start of the year and progressively they've gotten a lot better. So like Iowa's offense isn't good, but they only gave up 17 points. Didn't have a great game against Minnesota. But part of that was on the offense. The offense against Minnesota was so bad the defense could just was like getting exhausted out there as their offense kept getting three and outs. Um, so the defense has progressively gotten better throughout the year. They're not giving up as many huge explosive runs as they were to start of the year. Um, but yeah, it's just. Definitely a combination of needing to learn a new scheme at first. They're being a little more aggressive r- rather than, like, sitting back in zones like they usually did under Mike Hanklick. They've kind of gone back to that a little bit so far this season. It's kind of progressed. Um, and, you know, just when you're playing a bunch of younger guys who have not played before after your whole defense last year have been with each other forever, it's just going to happen where you mess up some run fits or your linebackers just their, – their linebackers just simply aren't quite as talented as I think they were the previous year. and. You know, Brandon Joseph is still a great safety, but a lot of Brandon Joseph's value was he got six interceptions, and as good as he can be a fourth in those, a lot of his turnovers are like, you know, like that, those things regress. There's a reason they're not a sticky stat, so the fact that Northwestern benefited so much from turnover margin last year, that just kind of hasn't come to pass as much.
0: Yeah, I think that's a great point. I'm glad you brought up Brandon Joseph. He's a player that certainly... Uh... You know, when we talk about turnovers, he's a guy that can certainly force them. And I know Wisconsin, at quarterback, has had some issues hanging on to it and throwing um, some interceptions. So that's certainly a name to watch for um, on the defensive side for Northwestern. Who else are some names that Badger fans should have their eye on on Saturday on the defensive side?
2: Really glad you asked me this because I get to tell you about my favorite player on this team, <laughs> Tommy Adebare, who is um, – or abari well, I always feel bad I messed it up because every PA announcer always messes that name up the first try. Um, but now he is Tommy is really really good. Just a very fast defensive lineman. He'll, he'll usually get at least like one sack a game, and if not one sack, like you'll have three plays every game. Like huh? Who, number ninety nine on Northwestern just shot through the line, past everyone, and like disrupted the whole play. He does that like a few times every single game. It's just very consistent. I would argue he's been, definitely been Northwestern's most consistent defensive player. Like, Brandon Joseph still has the higher upside players and the plays that stand out. But, like, Tommy brings it every single week. And as for a defensive line that sometimes with like, again, not super talented and, and starting a lot of newer guys, although they are deep, like, they've gotten worked by few offenses. Like, again, Minnesota kind of ran the ball all over them. Tommy just, he's always in the back. But he's always disrupting quarterbacks, really good on pass rush, will make, make few tackles. He's a little bit small, but he's still not lacking for strength. Really, he doesn't get into a ton. I would say he's definitely a player to watch out for in the defensive line.
0: I like that name a lot. I, he's certainly a player that I think Badger fans will will notice on Saturday when uh, when they start watching this game. All right, to kind of wrap things up. If if Northwestern were to you know bounce back, pull off this upset, where do you think they would need to excel? What do you think they would need to do to really win this game?
2: I don't know if they can control the weather, but it helps if it's <laughs> raining or something. Um, yeah, is, is there any forecast for rain in Wisconsin? I, in I don't country? think so. It's supposed to
0: be chilly and windy, is what I've what I've seen so far. Which maybe would maybe would be advantageous for sure.
2: You know, like remember the when the 2015 Ohio State team that was like uber talented lost to Michigan State. It was in a monsoon. Mm-hmm. Like you need something like that sometimes. <laughs> Just something like that's a real weird to happen. Yeah. Give yourself a chance, but um, no, I mean, the biggest thing that's been their problem here is that they are a team, as Northwestern usually is under Pat Fitzgerald, that is not equipped to really make a big comeback. Their offense really is going to open it up. They need to just have the lead and control the game script from there because they're really good at controlling the game once they have the lead. They just, again, the only three games they have like been able to get the lead in really and start that way are the three games they've won. So I would say just. You need to find a way – Like I, again, I would want to receive the ball first from Northwestern. Has some – you've got a game plan up some drive to try and score early and then see if you can take control of that. And then – because if you get the lead, then you maybe you force Wisconsin to pass a bit more. And, I mean, <laughs> Graham Mertz's descent, quote-unquote, started last year when Mike Hankwitz like, had him – I don't know. And then he didn't say – he didn't have any seeing ghosts, quote, but I wouldn't be surprised if he felt, felt that way because, I mean, you watch it too. He struggled a lot against that incredible Northwestern defense last year. So that's really the only way. You've got to get the lead and trust that your defense still has talent enough and is prudent enough to give a guy like Graham Ritz trouble and give yourself a chance in the game.
0: All right, there you, be, there you go, Badger fans. You maybe don't want to be playing from behind in this one. Hey, I mean, I, 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 I don't think
2: it's gonna. I don't think it's gonna happen for what it's worth. I'm pretty sure Wisconsin's winning this game.
0: Well, I, I was gonna say Northwestern could come in 0 and 9 and have lost every game by 50 points, and I'd still feel a little bit uncomfortable because it's always something with Pat Fitzgerald and, and this uh, Northwestern program that seems to give. Uh, the Badger teams and, and Paul Christ and, and company, a little bit of fit. So I won't feel comfortable at this game despite the struggles <laughs> until uh, the clock strikes zero. But uh, yeah, Daniel, thank you very much for for joining us today and give us us uh, some insider look at the Wildcats. Uh, enjoy the the game on Saturday.
2: All right, thanks, Tyler.
0: All right, Badger fans, that wraps up another episode of the podcast. As always, on Wisconsin. <laughs>
2: I'm